Of the other Wrestling Dave's podcast. I'm your host, David Rosenberg. I'm here with Dustin Whitehead. It's November 8th. We just got done watching SmackDown on Fox. And we got a lot to talk about. Dustin, what's going on? It's going good. How about you? Well, it's been a pretty busy week of wrestling. I think everything from since Crown Jewel seems to be like a blur. Because so much has gone on, but overall, pretty good. I know you were feeling a little sick the other day, so we pushed recording off to today. How's everything going? Yeah. It's going good. Um, like you said, it's been a crazy amount of wrestling. It seems to never end. It's been really good. I'm looking forward to full gear and the NXT War Games and Survivor Series. And basically, like, like you said, it never ends. <laughs> yep. And there's just more and more content each day, including things like WWE Backstage, which got an abysmal 49,000 viewers uh, this past, I guess, Thursday, Tuesday. Um, what Did you watch that show, Dustin? No, I didn't get to catch it. That was yeah, right when I the rest was of the in the middle of my either. cold. <laughs> I was going to. I feel, like, I feel like I'm like a lot of people. It's like I was going to watch it, but it's on at 11 and yeah. just a busy day and kind of forgot well who knows maybe the dvr numbers will show that it was an extremely dvrable show but all right let's go right into smackdown uh we can go over it real quick the main event uh smackdown was from manchester so we kind of got everything spoiled if you were on twitter enough earlier today so um i'm not sure how many people actually tuned into this smackdown but baron corbin defeated roman reigns in the main event the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions are the New Day, and did anything else exciting happen in here? Oh, we're getting we're gonna get the Fiend and Daniel Bryan. What what'd you like about this show? I mean, it started off with that abysmal promo, and I pretty much you know like passed out literally, and you know had to go back <laughs> when I woke up, I had to rewatch some things, and the tag match was overall solid and. They had uh, 
like I said, the Fiend and yeah, had a Cesaro and Nakamura team up, and yeah, it just feel felt like a filler show over in the UP or not UP UK. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Michigan, how you doing? No. Yeah, it, you know these European tours do seem to be. I don't know. They get title changes, right? Like, obviously, the new day winning is is a big. I mean, deal. but last it, it last year or two years ago when AJ Styles law, uh, won the WWE title there when he went on that like a uh, three hundred seventy day reign, that was the first time ever that the WWE. WWE title change hands in the UK, so it, more recently than previously, for sure. Yeah, and but and and you know my point is is that you know they get a few fun things here and there, but largely the shows seem to be boring. You know, uh, yeah. for whatever reason, creative or Vince or whoever's in charge uh, seems to just say that. Hey, this week, yeah, we can take it easy, 50% here. Um, There were a couple things that I enjoyed, uh, a little bit of the continuation of the NXT invasion angle, and we'll recap all that in just a bit. Um, But tonight we saw Imperium come out, right? And I think that was exciting. I, I, I like that, I don't know if you saw, but Triple H said something on Twitter, and he said that, you know, we're a global brand, and, you know, he alluded to that there's a lot of you know people around the world and utilizing NXT in UK in that way I just thought was a pretty clever idea and I was a big fan of it yeah I mean obviously we're both huge fans of Walter and Imperium so I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys eventually do because I don't know if there's more matches for a person that like, I want to see that I haven't seen like the Walter, like I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm pretty sure really... that. Uh, and spoiler alert, if you're listening, I guess um, that yeah, on the I raw the on the raw taping, <laughs> yeah, Walter and Seth Rollins something to do with an open challenge. So I think Ooh. I feel like that could be good. <laughs> That's feels like a great combo, honestly. I mean, Seth worked well with Lesnar. Walter's kind of that similar. Like size wise, I mean, he does some different stuff, obviously, than Lesnar, but yeah, man, Walters, he's a beast. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And the other NXT talent that showed up, and I think this is the only other one, was Shayna Baszler. At the end of that Sasha Banks and Nikki Cross match, Bailey had been talking throughout uh, the match until Nikki Cross ended up attacking her, but Bailey was on commentary, and it I thought she did an okay job on commentary. It certainly feels like uh, when they're with the announce team that it's the one time that they can't be 100% scripted, and I think certain people tend to show in that way. So I, I kind of liked what they were doing with the Bailey character, and they were just giving her a little more development. I'm sure people hated it as much as I enjoyed it, but uh, to see her you know, talk about feeling like, Okay, of course they're going to leave me out. This is how I've been treated forever. You know, Shayna and Becky, they don't want to, you know, give me any attention. All these women in NXT think that they're the shit, but really we were the shit before, uh, you know, I mean, that's what, that's their argument. And I think that it's a strong one. So it gives Sasha and Bailey a lot more credibility. um, And maybe Bailey just isn't the 40 year old mom. 
<laughs> you know, I've been, I've been thinking about it, and I and that triple threat match, I'm starting to think Bailey's going to be the winner because they're kind of discrediting discrediting her, and I kind of picture her getting a roll up on one of them, probably Be- probably Becky, but I feel like she's going to get like the steal the win, maybe like Becky. Is getting ready to put like the disarmor on Baszler and she rolls her up or something. I feel like it's going to be Bailey's uh, W in that match. Hey, there's a lot of ways they could go with it, and for once, I'm not actually sure what's going to happen in every match. I think that'd be the most surprising, you know, use some heel tactics. Yeah, we'll see. And like you said earlier in the show, I'm really looking forward to everything that we have uh, coming up as wrestling fans. Uh, Was there anything else? On this, I mean, did you want to talk about The Fiend and Daniel Bryan a little bit? It looks like that's something we could be seeing at Survivor Series as well. How'd you like the setup with Sami Zayn trying to, you know, show off what he's done with Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro? And there was a short match against Shorty G and Ali. It was like four minutes. And of course, I just had to say Shorty G, so I'm sure you know how I felt about it. But, uh, Beautiful. It was a long, you know, it was a good build-up. Like, you know, it was like a show-long build-up, and I didn't realize what they were doing until the last second. Like, right, you know, when the lights mm-hmm. started flickering, it was clear. But, um, you know, I didn't think about Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. So what do you think? Uh, I think uh, Bray Wyatt may not be viewed as the greatest worker, but he's had some of his best matches like like a lot of people with Daniel Bryan about Becky Ford he uh, was medically disqualified for a long time and I'm looking forward to that match um they do have an interesting chemistry between the two of them and like Bray needs some you know the Fiend needs someone that can work and it's easy. he can do all the character work by himself so if they can just get that match, a match with, you know, for the Fiend always to be solid and above average, you know, that'll make people even more happy. What about the fact, you know, jumping to another topic, that the SmackDown Tag Team Championship change we talked about, you know, the Revival yeah. lost their titles to the New Day. It was a pretty short match. I think it was like eight and I a also, half minutes. For, now that you mentioned that tag match, I also think it, Oh, never mind. I was going to say, oh, they're going to face the Viking Raiders, but I mean, they're baby faces, so it really doesn't matter. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> I was going to ask you about. How does that change your opinion? Because a lot of people were excited to see, uh, you know, the Viking Raiders, the Revival, and Undisputed Era go at it. And now the oh, Revival's funny. been plucked out of there, and the New Day's in there. So, you know, wh- how does that make you feel going into. Uh, not SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Yeah, that's, that's interesting, you know, because I feel like NXT is, like, so in the forefront of all of wrestling fans' minds, but I keep forgetting that these are going to be triple threat matches, you know? Mm-hmm. And the I kind of like the like the setup a little bit better with the Revival. Not going to lie, I mean, you got the powerhouses, War Raiders, you got the technical wrestlers, you know, and, you know, the Revival, and, and then you got... O'Reilly and Fish, maybe they felt O'Reilly and Fish were too similar, so they needed more athleticism. Yeah, I could see with the new day. I, but, I could see that. I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm just I tweeted it, but like, uh, 
War Machine revival in 2017 and Red Dragon in 2017. You know, people have been going nuts. <laughs> so I'm happy to see it now. You know, uh, yeah, maybe it's that a little bit more athleticism to the match, but I don't really think it needed it. Yeah, my big problem with this is not, like I'm a fan of the New Day. I, I enjoy them. Yeah, you know, I like Xavier Woods, and he's out unfortunately. But you know, this is their seventh uh, championship reign across the two it's brands. Not, they're going after Charlotte. Yeah, but and it wasn't you know unless I missed something last week. Was this built up on like Twitter or YouTube or one of those you know online social media? This shows? is actually uh, they won that world's. Or they didn't win, but be, like the week before on that yeah. SmackDown, they won okay. a number one contenders match. And then at the world's greatest tag team tournament thing, they talked about how they had a, they were supposed to have the tag title match last week, but they didn't really do a good job reminding people about that. Mm. So this match was scheduled for a couple weeks. And that's my point, is is I felt that there's no real build-up, and, you know, there was no hype for the New Day to win again, even though, you know, I think as soon as I saw that the match was on the card tonight, I was like, this is obvious what's going to happen. But, you, you know, know it was they, obvious? they didn't, yeah, I mean, that they were going to win, for sure. I mean, <laughs> it's not, because the Revival have been an afterthought, and as much as, you know, they've, I don't want to say buried, but they've tampered everything that Kofi Kingston was from WWE champion. And now it's like, yeah. they totally forgot about it. And like, they don't even mention it. You know, that would be something I would say at the beginning of this match, or it may be in a promo. If I'm Kofi, like I was the WWE champion for a long time. You think I can't take down the revival? I, yeah. There's a lot yeah. lacking. Here, I kind of feel, like, feel like it wasn't booked the best. I don't know if you remember a couple of years back, I was like new day. Usos, new day. Usos mm -hmm. over and over, but I kind of feel like it's going to be, Revival New Day, Revival New Day for a little bit, you when know. The Usos come and I can't wait for that. Man, I love the Usos, but yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll be on SmackDown actually. But anyways, you know, I feel like it's just gonna be a little bit of hot potato between those two tag teams of those belts for a while because, I mean, I'm trying to. It's hard to think off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm forgetting a good tag team, but is there any other really established tag team on SmackDown? Trying to, I can't really think. I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Other than the Usos, I know the Usos are a big one. Are they the aspect like, now? I who knows? I like, they were undrafted, <laughs> I guess, so they're free agents. Yeah. But yet, you know, it's WWE has done no favors to tag team wrestling in the past few years, let alone their existence, if I'm being honest. But it it just feels very off the cuff, week to week, doesn't really matter, and that's not what I look for in my wrestling. I mean, some people look for the excitement, so I'm sure lots of people are going to be happy about the New Day winning, and not that I'm not happy it's the New Day winning. I'm just unhappy with no story turning into a title change. So Yeah, it was basically number one contenders, and that's it. <laughs> so, and and the other thing, sucks. the last thing we have to talk about uh, on SmackDown is uh, I guess Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman does that seem like something that's in the works for Wrestlemania yeah, maybe I mean I don't really care <laughs> I, 
I mean, uh, I, what's like, maybe as like a tag team? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that like was, one. yeah, well, that's what they were talking about in that whole segment was, you know, Tyson came out and he was talking, he was talking pretty good because he's a charismatic guy, but, you know, Braun yeah. came out and they shook hands and Tyson was all like, you know, we should be a tag team. And Braun, I don't know, Braun just got his shit pushed in by someone who's never done this before. And... <laughs> He's like, sure, buddy, let's work together. But no one's stupid enough to fight us. And the B team come out all goofy looking, and they're like, we're stupid, we're stupid enough stupid to fight enough. you. And Bo Dallas had to correct what Kurt Axel had said, but the damage had been done, and the, the two got destroyed. Tyson didn't do anything physical. I'm sure he'll be focusing on the Deontay Wilder fight, uh, which I'll probably be watching down the line. But He wins that? I don't know enough about him. I just learned about him recently, so I don't. Yeah, I heard the wild. Enough. I've heard Wilder before, so should be interesting. I don't know. I don't yeah, really know much well, about boxing. Well, Fury's clearly a popular guy in the UK because I think, it, I think he felt more comfortable in front of that crowd, and you know he, I just think That's he did point. a lot better. Um, someone was saying on the internet. I don't know why I listen to the internet, but they were saying that. Uh, he's not, you know, he he sounded really scripted tonight, and I just thought, eh, not so much. Yeah, he did, he did a solid job. He's like you said, he's very charismatic. So I I know I keep hearing about how he doesn't like to travel, so he probably won't be long for the wrestling business. But I mean, maybe he can turn it into a semi career if he truly wants to. Yeah, and that's pretty much it for SmackDown tonight. But let's Good. talk about what's gone on over the rest of the week. And that's the NXT invasion angle. Obviously, it started last week with SmackDown following the transportation issues that WWE had leaving Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's lots of talk and stories and questions to be answered if you ask me about what went on over there but the official word from wwe is that there was a mechanical issue um and that <clears throat> pilots can't work for a certain amount of time but then they got a second charter with a couple of people to get on in time for the show and left a bunch of other people there some have said they feel stranded some have not but long story short it's a pretty big shit show in that entire situation and the result of it was wwe extending their well the deal was always going to be with saudi arabia through 2027 but they moved it from one show a year to two shows a year um which could be slightly in response to some of the speculated uh payment issues and arguments that vince may or may not have had with the saudi princes so it's still a very complicated situation if you ask me even a week removed but the one good thing that did come out of that was the beginning of this NXT invasion angle, which is where that whole rant started. Um, and last week's SmackDown was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. It had so many stars pop up. I mean, it's obviously, like you said, a lot of the SmackDown roster was in Saudi Arabia. Thank God Daniel Bryan refuses to go and... Sami Zayn, and <laughs> so we actually have a couple guys in the U.S. I mean, I'm really happy for Undisputed Era and Adam Cole and Shayna Baszler. I mean, she should probably be on Raw or SmackDown at this point. So looking forward to seeing 
how Survivor Series officially sets up. Yeah, we'll get to Survivor Series and Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era in just a second because I want to talk about those things. But yeah, I, I want to know if you felt the same way I did that throughout the week uh, from SmackDown to Raw to NXT, the invasion felt less and less important because not because it felt like overplayed, like, oh, we're getting to see this again, but because we weren't getting to see it the same way that we saw it last Friday, because I think last Friday on SmackDown was one of the best shows that we've seen from WWE in at least a couple of years. I mean, you you could go as far to say decades, I think. Um, so, what, you know, did you feel that something changed from Friday to Monday? Yeah, I mean, just they actually they had more time to think. So, you know, that's not always great. That's, I mean, Monday was still when you're WWE. good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Monday was still good, but like you said, Friday was excellent. But that could also just have been mainly about the freshness of it, you know, like the newness. Like, first time, like, really seeing NXT on SmackDown and Raw in, like, a major, uh, major angle or storyline for the most part because once I don't think at NXT branded wrestlers ever main evented SmackDown you know so definitely yeah I mean they played the cards right but they may have hot shotted it a little too much per se but I enjoyed it <laughs> that SmackDown was great well yeah SmackDown was really good and then the thing about it mon Monday was that there were sure a lot of uh, NXT talents on the show, but other than the main event of the Dan, not Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins and Adam Cole, like nothing yeah. else felt like it was really featuring the NXT talents. And I think that that's one thing that booking off the cuff, having to write a show while you're in the air, um, you know, the NXT talent didn't get to SmackDown until like 10. 15 minutes into the show they walked through the doors yeah, and Shayna pretty much crazy. walked into the you know walked into the building and just ran down and did her angle so yeah. you know I think that that's we, one of the main reasons why Paul Heyman talked for so, so long yeah. it felt like and he showed basically the whole Lesnar Velasquez match yeah all right so. yeah that makes so much more sense now you know what I mean but I yeah, think you hit like, the, what are they doing yeah you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that you know Monday they probably had more time to think and that's not always a good thing in wrestling no. or with this company and it felt like by the time Wednesday rolled around we had the OC invade uh, NXT and, and as fun as that main event match was and obviously we got the uh, Bullet Club reunion that we'll get into um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like that they didn't have everybody just go down to NXT. They only had three guys. I kind of like that, actually. Okay. And the three guys that they had, they actually had a story for. So, so which is like NXT to a T. You know, it's storytelling, storytelling, character development. You know, the story of basically... You got to remember, those are the last three guys, really, to just skip NXT and go right to Raw or SmackDown when it was like a true developmental brand. Like... They signed in right after Wrestle Kingdom, I believe, two thousand 
16, January 16, and yeah, they debuted, AJ debuted at the Rumble. at the Rumble, and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows debuted in Los Los Angeles on a Raw. So they uh, that was actually their first time on NXT, which I thought was like a cool little subplot. And then at the end, with the Balor showing popping up, like you said, there was actually like a reason for it, which it's kind of cool, you know. You're not just, you know, like, oh, let's just put Charlotte Flair. Still Flair, you know. They actually had a reason, so I kind of liked it. What do you think? I mean, you kind of just said what you think about the whole Bullet Club reunion, but uh, you know, I love it. they're alluding. <laughs> you know, they're doing the hand gestures. They're doing the thing. Um, it seems like a lot of this is for the hardcore fan not the nxt fans aren't the hardcore fans and you saw what it did for the ratings they were up you just said it yourself you just said it for yourself it's a it's for the hardcore fans and that's what nxt is about that's what triple h and nxt i feel like are mainly about so but if you're but how can you be about a hardcore audience only when you're in you know when you're doing this Wednesday night war deal, you know what like that's what the Wednesday night war is. That is the hardcore fan. Like, I mean, uh, for SmackDown, like you you tweeted out the numbers, but it was like what two two over two million or whatever. SmackDown was two point five million. Yeah, exactly. So that's not all hardcore, but you look at the numbers for this past week on Wednesday. That the eight point or the eight thousand eight hundred thirteen and eight hundred and twenty-two, I would say that's that's the hardcore. <laughs> Those are the people that will show up every week when they have the time and will watch all those episodes. So I feel like that is the hardcore. That is the audience for the most part. So right now, maybe in a couple, maybe in a year or so, you know, more people catch on and like, oh, this is the better shows, <laughs> but. But I, As of right now, I feel like it is the hardcore fan for AEW and NXT. But what I'm saying is, yeah, okay, look. The hardcore fan, if, if you advertised on Monday night or started putting commercials out or, or, or other things, all they did was run that little angle that we talked about on Twitter minutes yeah. before the show went on the air. I Like, the mainstream audience didn't even get a chance to see because WWE's average – you know, viewer is older. It, I don't think it's older than fifty, but it's quite close to fifty. It's like forty-eight or something, and yeah. or NXT. You know what I mean? And if you want to raise that, like, because you those are the people that are watching Raw and SmackDown. You want to draw them over. All you have to do is say, "Hey, AJ Styles and the OC are going to be on NXT at the end of Monday Night Raw, right? Cut yeah. cut a promo, do something." Tell people Maybe that would be a smart thing to do, but it, I also get not doing that because it's kind of keeps the image of the underground NXT, you know, it kind of keeps the, the image that I feel like they want to reflect. So I get what you're saying, and I, I do agree, but I also could see them being like, you know, we'll do this right before the show, and whoever tunes in, they get this special treat, and we'll be telling this story, and more people will join as time goes on if we keep putting on good shows. So other than this main event, which I think everyone pretty much agrees on NXT, the OC versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle, 
what did you think of the entire NXT show this week? Loved it. I mean, <laughs> you had uh, Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler. They had a really good match. Uh, Pete Dunne and Damian Priest had a better match than they did a couple of weeks ago even. Um, uh, trying to think of what else they had. The, Gar- um, the Garza match. Yeah, Garza, he looked solid. Um, so we get to see him versus uh, Leo Rush. Um, then the opener, uh, the opening promo, like, that was cool. You know, you got uh, AJ Styles and Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and then you had Maso Champa, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee, you know, cut that promo. And just thinking about that of those three guys between Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee, who do you want to see face AJ Styles in a singles match? Tommaso Ciampa. Is that who you'd want to see? I feel like... Maybe Riddle. I feel like uh, Keith Lee would kind of be like a Samoa Joe for him. So, uh, I feel like Riddle would be the most unique, maybe. And I feel like Ciampa's a lock to be good. So, (laughs) I just want to see all three of them. I think Ciampa delivers the best match and I think that Riddle delivers the best moves like individually you know what I mean like bigger spots but maybe not the best overall match and I think that Lee surprises us the most in the way that it's executed that it ends up being considered the best match even though it might not technically be yeah I mean he can go (laughs) <laughs> He's a big bass for sure. Um, another thing about the uh, the Dakota Kai loss is it basically, in storyline, took her out of the War Games match. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. I kind of I tweeted it, but she basically is better babyface Bailey in my mind. I know Bailey was a good babyface in NXT, but I feel like Dakota Kai could be even better. And then there was the uh, the Tanara Cam- oh. Conti and Santana Garrett match. Yeah, which I heard was the first time NXT ever beat AEW in ratings for a segment. So that was interesting. And then really, I kind of feel like this uh, the Isaiah Swerve Scott and Dominic. Djokovic kind of was like to determine the final spot of the men's war games match. We'll see, but I think it might be Djokovic. 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 Man, they got this. They just need to call him Dom or Domin- Dominic. Don- his his indie name <laughs> is Donovan Dijak. Yeah, who do you think should be the fourth guy in the war games match with uh, Champa Lee and Riddle? I mean, I think it should be Johnny Gargano. Do I think he's going to be healthy enough to do it? No. So He's not healthy? I think that he split his head open or hit his head pretty hard when he did that thing with Balor a few weeks ago. Uh, oh, I just figured it's you know, a match with Balor on the War Games card. I mean, card. maybe, but um, I can see, you know, I mean, I don't know. Who, who, who do you have for it? I guess... Swerve Scott or Dijakovic make make good sense, but I mean, I kind of would want it to be like a bigger name, like a more established NXT name. I mean, Pete Dunn's kind of busy, but 
he'd always be cool, but he's done it. He did one last time or the time before, so it's kind of tough. But yeah, it should be interesting to see who fills that fourth spot because that War Games match is going to be pretty sick. So that's it for NXT. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite. What'd you think about that show? Good. Uh, they had some really good promos and segments. Three of them, really. You had the Cody one, you had Brandy, you had Jericho's little video. So it's a pretty good build. Um, what did you think? I thought it was very good. I thought it was a great go-home show. I think they did everything that uh, I complain about, or the opposite of everything that I complain about in WWE. I think there's a very you know formula that they do they'll have the some people face off they'll do the 50 50 booking so you know exactly what's to come on the pay-per-view in just a few days and when they do big brawls like they did at the end of this week's dynamite they just don't get it right it doesn't feel like it's organically building to something it just feels like well we need to create some hype so one guy's going to go out there and we're going to pull him back and then we're going to send him back out there and then we're going to pull him back i know there's been a couple good ones featuring braun Strowman uh in the past few years but for the most part they just don't feel nearly as good as this one on dynamite did i think everything that happened happened for a reason it built up to all of the main fights on the full gear card which we'll run down in just a few minutes here but you know for me i just thought it was the like the perfect five minutes with jr screaming at the top of his lungs at the end of the show you gotta buy this pay-per-view so that you can see all these matches it's just yeah I'm going to yep. buy the pay-per-view, and we're going to watch the matches because I'm genuinely excited about it. And the whole tease to a faction-on-faction, faction, uh, Cody said, you know, hinted at it with the match beyond. They don't have the trademark rights to War Games, but it sounds like they're going to do something similar. It doesn't feel like, hey, it's Hell in a Cell, so let's put the cage down and get two people who are in a feud and escalate it to Hell in a Cell levels. It feels like we're building to something that naturally makes sense which is what good wrestling is like. So I love this episode of AEW Dynamite, and I'll get it out there right away. Uh, I thought this was the better show of the week. Um, I watched them both at the same time this week, so maybe that hurt my opinion, but I just thought I was watching AEW for longer because I found myself more invested in what it is they were selling. Um, I'll admit that the main event stuff, the you know OC, AJ stuff, really caught my eye, and it was a really good... Uh, moment, but for the most part, AW was awesome. Yeah, they're both awesome. I think I lean NXT, but I mean, the promos really were good for AW. I mean, I, I've seen it all over Twitter, but that it was about a minute fifty second clip of Cody's promo, and the last second or last ten seconds about I got some chills. You can see his face. You can read the emotion. It looks like he's about to cry, and then he drops the line of. I went from under the undesirable to unfucking deniable, and it's just like, oh god. So it was really, really good promo, and uh, like you, like you said, they've done a good job building up their basically basically their top four matches or so for full gear. I mean, they have some other solid ones, and it should be a good card. Um, hopefully, they don't book the world title match into a hole because it'd be kind of disappointing I know yeah, you well, said okay you, let's talk about that you said you think they're gonna go with Cody right yeah well okay so Cody during his promo said that this would be 
uh, if he didn't win the title, that he would not challenge for the title again. And this stems yeah. from the whole, uh, you know, executive vice president deal, him being in a yeah. position of power, and people feeling that people in a position of power, you know, if you're one of the boys, but you're also in the office, that you really can't be both, and it does affect, you know, there's a million stories in wrestling about a guy getting a little pull and abusing it to further his career. And I mean, you know, you can't blame a guy for doing so, but uh, this seems to be in direct response to stuff like that. And I like it. I think that win or lose, uh, Cody is just going to be, he's already the best baby face in the country. And I stand by that, but I, you know, I think that name a better baby face. I don't know. I just don't, it's not 100% bought in yet. I mean, maybe it's just work rate. I know he had the match with Dustin. I was there. It was amazing, but still not bought in. I'm really not, and I don't know why. I, I just Yeah, because you're a hater. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I just, I don't know. Well, I think he'll be okay, and at the end of, the, at the end of full gear, um, I think he will be the champion because for me, uh, again, really don't. people don't like the WWE comparisons, but I think that this could be a very quick way to just rub it in people's faces and go, yeah, we can build up a great story and we can give you the babyface win that you want. And it doesn't have to be at something called WrestleMania and you don't have to force us into it. It just has to be organic. Cody got over faster than they wanted and they're going to give it to him. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong because at the end of the day, I think it will be good for him. Like, I, I, I just don't see yeah. Cody or Jericho coming out of this worse off because everything they've done to this point has made people want it. And it's not like we're looking for some, you know, it's not, we're not looking for Okada Omega. It's not going to be that yeah. level yeah. of physicality. It's going to be a great babyface character versus a great heel character. Two of the best in the business. Yeah, I see I what you mean, and I get it, but I also just have this feeling that or before the stipulation was added of, you know, if he loses, he'll never challenge for the title again. I felt like it was pretty much a lock that Jericho would win. And then they added the stipulation and I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's good, you know, make it a little bit more 50-50. And then the more I think about it and the more I think about their booking style so far, I, I just got this vibe that, like, people are saying on, t like, Twitter, like, oh, I mean, he said if he has to win, so, I mean, they could do a disqualification and he could still win. I'm like, God, that's terrible. It's really terrible. Like, you need to have a finish of I, some sort. I mean, like. I That's guess just, they do need to have a finish, but uh, you know you act like terrible. you act like they've been People giving you no finishes that? forever. Awful. What's that? You act like they've been like every week ending with no finishes, and that's just not. The on case. their, but it is the case on their on those pay per views that they were selling. That you went to a couple. I went to the first couple shows. Like they had these wonky finishes, and I just, I just don't know if I trust it to not be some wonky finish. And we'll see, but maybe someone debuts, maybe a uh, MJF turns on Cody. Maybe there's, they have a lot of storyline options that they could go with. And I just, I, maybe you're right. Maybe it is Cody. I just, I just don't think they're going to go with it because 
they want to establish that world title and yet you want to have a nice decent long first reign and i think they're gonna stick with their plan of leaving it on jericho for probably till may that's what i've been thinking for a while i don't think it's a bad idea for cody to win it and for I don't think it is Jer- and for jericho to win it back on television or for uh, you know for that to be a feud that goes back and forth um and i, I don't think necessarily one person needs to hold it forever to establish it because yeah. let's be honest jericho's character is that he is a 48 year old man who is past yeah. his prime and enjoys drinking alcohol instead of training and if that's the kind of champion that you <laughs> think should hold it until may I I don't no, know if you're looking at the, the story thing. that it's, they're telling you. Jericho is <laughs> like, a guy. No, you're right though. Jericho is a guy throughout his career that will like do what he thinks right, do what he thinks is right, and he will put over, you know, a wrestler if he thinks that they are deserving or it's their time. So you could be right. I'm just when I look at that match and where they go after it's a lot easier to book it for someone just beating the shit out of Cody and Jericho winning with the lion salt or whatever than having Cody win and figuring out who's his next heel opponent well I, that's, that's why I think that Jericho could continue to be his opponent I'm pretty sure it's Jericho's birthday on tomorrow really? so <laughs> Uh, there's a million ways he could go with that, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, yeah. Jericho's the guy who was screaming in the hallway saying, I bought a ticket, I can be here. He can easily be the person who goes, you took my championship, and it'll get of over course, because but... he's Chris Jericho. And if if they want to, they can make people believe that Cody won because he took it more seriously. And what did it do? It made Chris Jericho become even a more intense heel. And it made him, you know, do more dastardly things with the inner circle to the point where they have to put up the title at like a war games or a match beyond or whatever they want to call it. You know what I mean? It's there's just a lot of booking options. And I think that we're all going to be very satisfied. Uh, would you approve if they did like a war game style match? Yeah. Why would I? Well, of course it'd be good. Eh, I feel like that's kind of like. I don't know, come up with your, your own match, I guess. But I guess his dad did come up with it. Yeah, but it is. Like, it, 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 you don't you own know, it. WWE didn't you come don't. up with it, so are they not allowed know, to use it? I know, but it's just weird. <laughs> and I mean, because actually WWE didn't own it for a while either. That's why MLW was able to do a War Games match. I was there. But were you? Wow. <laughs> nice. At the MLW War Games, that was fun. Um, but no, and that's kind of my point. Going back to earlier, is that. WWE does war games and puts it on the schedule and says, okay, it's going to be before Survivor Series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when this time of year rolls around, it's not yeah. – is, are there yeah. factions that are starting to fight with each other and does it naturally make sense to do war games? It's, okay, we got to find alliances of four people, three people, etc. And we got to put them in a match and heels and heels and baby faces with baby faces. And it's all quite orchestrated and fake. And that's what makes – like that's what makes it bad, you know. And there's nothing, yeah. you know. We're able to suspend our disbelief here with AEW, and I think that's why it feels good, you know, uh, because part of it is real, right? Cody is Dusty's son. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, a building to where he says, okay, we got to do a War Games. 
or a match beyond or whatever they call it, I just think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and if it makes sense, sure. it's not <laughs> like people are going to call it a dig all they want. And But if it makes sense, it makes sense. They're just booking yeah. well. And people think every time they book well, and I'm not trying to be an AEW only person because I do enjoy NXT a whole lot. But every time I hear people bitch about AEW saying things about WWE, what they're really mad at is that AEW is doing good booking and WWE, especially the main roster, is not. And they it's hear all the main roster now. Yeah, and they hear good booking versus not good booking and they go, "Well, you're taking a dig." And they're like, "No, we're it's just showing you the difference. That's it." And when yeah. people ask questions and say, "Why is this so different from what this company's been doing for 20 years?" It's like well, that was the point of building this, so we can show you there's another way. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You know, obviously people yeah. like both ways. NXT and AEW had, in my opinion, both good ratings this week. But let's go. Let's move yeah. on to full gear. Let's talk about. We talked about Jericho and Cody, which is at the top yeah. of the card. Let's talk about another hot topic: Omega and Moxley in this unsanctioned lights out match. Now you asked me before yeah. we started recording whether or not I thought this was going to be a main event. And we kind of both agreed that we think it should be the lights out match before the show starts. So obviously we yeah. have the first show of the pay-per-view, but they could turn the lights off and say it's unsanctioned. And then the rest of the card could build up, but it's a good way to start with a hot match. So if we're putting this like at the too many of these already. Yes. Yes. They, like it's kind of like overkill in my mind. I know like, uh, if WWE or whatever, just for example, they're like, oh my god, on ten show out of ten shows they've had what four lights out matches, hardcore matches, people bitch. So, uh, I mean, if they're good, the matches if the matches are good, the matches are good. But it's just interesting that Moxley's already had at least one with Janela, maybe two, and Omega had the one on AEW Dark with Janela, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, we've had a couple of them, and it seems that they're featuring guys like Joey Janela because it does give them the option to be more violent and more hardcore. Um, I would say that Janela, while it's fun to watch him, it doesn't make it feel as special as this one. This one makes sense for why they had to unsanction it because they, you know, at the end of the day, they're too violent um, and they don't, you know, want to be responsible for what exactly happens between the two guys. And Kenny Omega, I think, makes a very poignant speech in his promo this week he says that you know what did you want to do john did you want to chain wrestle me on the mat this week and like no shit like that's not what he's gonna do that's absolutely not what john moxley's gonna do he's gonna come at you with this barbed wire bat and this barbed wire broom and you guys are gonna fight until someone's bleeding on the floor so why would you think it would be sanctioned and it kind of you know points out that while moxley is over and he's fiery still a little crazy you know and they didn't have to did you see the uh, photo of his infection i did he uh no i i, I didn't and i don't want to see that ew yeah it's an infection yeah, it was nasty <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly i mean i kind of wish i got to see that match it all out but it is what it is but i'm looking forward to seeing it this saturday and it, it will be good it's just they need to slow down with the lights out matches and make them a little less reoccurring. Yeah, and, a little less often would be good, but who do you have for the winner? Uh, damn, that's tough. You go first. 
Oh, Jesus, you do this to me every time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if it's a tough one, I'll pass it off. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Moxley. Because I think that I think that Kenny has already. I mean, they teased kind of that storyline where he was going crazy and turning on everyone, and they've kind of gone away from it for a couple of weeks. But I think that um, it it hurts Moxley to lose a match this crazy. And unless it's uh, unless they do the double turn, which could be very good, then I would go Kenny Omega. Uh, if it were Kenny's going to turn think full heel baby faces right now. Yeah, well they are. Well, John uh, Moxley's like a tweener. He's like an anti-hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, anti-hero and, baby face. And Omega's a baby face that has had glimpses of turning heel, and I think him turning yeah. heel and Moxley turning full baby face or just staying an anti-hero will work really well. So I, if there's a turn involved, I think I lean Kenny Omega, but I'm going to go with Moxley just because I'm not sure that they're ready to turn Kenny Omega yeah. heel just yet, and they might want to keep him as a baby face, especially going into this next stretch. Yeah, I'll go with the Omega. I think maybe he wins and he's still a baby face, but he's just more cocky as the weeks go by, and maybe in like three months he's just full-blown heel at that point. I don't know if we picked for Jericho versus Cody. I, I know you picked Cody, but I'm going to pick Jericho if I didn't say that on record. Okay. And then we have – I'm just reading down a list on the internet right here. So the Young Bucks versus yep. Santana and Ortiz. I believe they're called the Proud and the Powerful, but I only see that sometimes uh, when I'm looking them up or when I see it on television. So Yeah, they're starting to advertise, or push it more. They had that – uh, video. It's like they're hesitant because they know it sounds kind of stupid, but it is also an okay name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a step below okay, but it's fine. It's serviceable. I think the Bucks no. have this one. Huh. Do they put over another tag team? Yeah, you're right. I think the Bucks win. But I could I, see them just going the all in on the inner circle. Haven't the Bucks lost the uh, losses don't really hurt him, so I don't really remember. But <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing is, how many losses don't hurt them? Uh, you know, until one does, and if this is the For one, six months. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know if they get a grace period <laughs> like that, though. You know, you still want to build them on on television as oh, the best in the world. And, saying, you know, like... a lot of people know who they are, but there's probably some people oh, yeah. who aren't as familiar and could use. The reminder of just exactly how good the Young Bucks are. So I think that this should serve as a reminder. Um, but it's definitely going to be a fun match. Santana and Ortiz were really good when they were LAX, and they've been good, um, although in limited roles, on Dynamite. You know, I'll switch it up to Santana and Ortiz. I think it's going to be a inner circle type getting faction over type night. I mean, it's going to be about getting that faction over as a whole. And then eventually, like you were saying about like a war games or something, they'll build up the elite to be the superheroes to take them down. Oh, that's that's very possible. All right, another the other tag match. Uh, you know, Private Party on last week's Dynamite beat the Dark Order to win those bronze medals that they had, but they also got a place in this three-way match for the AW Tag Team Championship. So SoCal Uncensored, uh, Scorpio Sky, and uh, Frankie Kazarian will be defending against both the Lucha Brothers and Private Party. What about this one? Uh, okay, well, random question before I answer. This match, this triple threat tag team match, or 
the Survivor Series one with all three champions. This one. This one, you think? Yeah, yeah Lucha Brothers compared to... Yeah, yeah. Private Party, I I have more fun with than New yeah, Day. I don't know. I feel like it's Lucha even. Brothers, Lucha Brothers and SoCal Uncensored are just as good as Undisputed Era and the Viking Raiders. Yeah, now, yeah. If it were still like the revival, if it was still the revival, I'd have a harder time answering the question. Really, I feel like yeah. if it was the revival instead of War, uh, uh, War Raiders or whatever the hell they are this week, it would be really difficult to answer but yeah i'll lean the aw match i think uh socal uncensored retains and maybe from the help of uh christopher daniels returning from injury oh maybe he is ready to come back and that would be good storytelling uh but i also think that what you talked about earlier with some of the other stuff is that you want to build these championships and i think socal uncensored is a really good team to build them with Um, especially if you have two other teams working in there, it kind of builds a natural feud below them. And SoCal Uncensored can kind of put them on hold fighting for number one contendership after they both lose. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of, you know, they're booking themselves in the right way. I'm not always a fan of three team. Do you see them go with Lucha Brothers? I could, I could, but I think that, I mean. Because they really haven't been winning per se. Yeah. And that's, I, I think the Lucha Brothers are just so good that they can be put in any main event ever of and course. immediately be put into the uh, thing now. I think SoCal Uncensored is supposed to be, like, needs to be established a little more, even though they're a very good team and a lot of people know that. Yep. Agree there. So, Rio and Emmy Sakura for the AEW Women's World Championship. It should be a good match. I mean, we haven't really got to see as much as much as much of both of them as I would would hope to have. Um, I think Rio is going to retain. Uh, I think they're going to try establishing all these belts at the moment, and maybe we have one championship change hands, but I'm not really feeling it at the moment. Yeah, I think that this story is pretty well told. Um, we've had two matches, although they were both tag team matches, I think, between them. But every time I see Rio and Emi Sakura work together, I think that, man, I'd like to see them in a singles match, preferably for the championship. And that's what I'm getting. Um, they have the little bit of the mentor-mentee type deal. You know, They've worked together, I think, as early as like 2006. So they have tons of years of experience working together. And I have no doubt that they can put on a good match, especially for a lot of people who like to say that the AEW's women match. I'll admit that the AEW's women's division isn't as good as the NXT's women's division, but some people Nobody like to says. bury AEW's women's division, and I don't think that's the case. I think that there are a lot of talented people. Yeah. They do have a talented division, but I'm just, I'm just not sold yet. I need to see more. Watch... We'll see more over time, so I'm not real worried about it. So long story short, I'm picking Rio in this one. I think both of us uh, predict that she will be retaining her championship. Um, Then we have Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. I don't know if they've added a stipulation to this, but you would think that chairs are going to be involved. Yeah, I think this is a match. I feel like I'm picking all the heels, kind of. I mean, I guess you got some babyface champions in there, but... 
I feel like this is a match for the chairman. I mean, his first win was basically, what, this past week or the week before? Yeah. So, I feel like they're finally starting to get behind him. He's going to start winning some matches. And, you know, Janela doesn't have anything to worry about. He'll be fine in the future going forward. You know, he's going to be one of the backbones of that middle roster or that men's division. So, I think they give this one to the chairman and... I don't know really really know where you go from here that's the thing hmm. what do you think I think Sean Spears uh, could easily go I think he'll win this match I think Joey Janela is uh, he can he can take a loss especially if a chair is involved or something in the yep. finish even a disqualification I'd honestly be okay with that um, but I expect Spears to become victorious and it, you know where do you go after that I think someone like MJF or Adam Page could be an easy, good opponent. Um, the thing is, is that they should not try to push Sean Spears to the main event. He's not going to be a main eventer. I think that uh, that really? opportunity, like, yeah, I, I, he's not, he's not, he's not that good, if you ask me. Um, really? Okay. I, so you I, think he's I, like a, just a solid mid upper? I think when he was Ty, yeah, when he was Ty Dillinger, um, there was potential for main event uh, that never really got there. And that time has just kind of passed him. I think he can still be very good in the mid-card, and the upper mid-card. But I don't see him as a main eventer, and I don't think you should push him into the main event. And I think they've done a good job establishing that I feel like he's, he's a right spot there. guy, if that makes sense. He's like a, you can put him in this spot, and he'll do a, he'll do a serviceable job, but don't be expecting something hand. amazing. A good hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that people do that as a diss, but I really don't think it is. I mean, no, not not when used. That's what he is. I mean, yeah, he he, he can he can be a babyface. He can be a heel. He can be put in a match with pretty much anyone, and you'll it'll be good enough to watch. So, yeah, like you said, he's a good hand. Um, I think they want to Janela won't like you said he won't be hurt by a loss i think spears would be hurt by a loss because that's all he's really done besides the past two weeks so i'll give him a nice establish uh established win and one that i skipped here on this list on accident was hangman adam page versus pack yeah i mean that one's tough had a couple... <laughs> hmm. that one's tough I think maybe Hangman's the one that turns on Cody at the end of the night. I don't know. Maybe to... another uh, loss like to Pack. Then Twitter. I think. Yeah. I think they're trying to build something with Page, and I think that Pack looks vicious enough. Uh, getting that brutalizer on someone, um, it'll be interesting to see. This is another one that I think could go either way, and I wouldn't be mad about it. But I guess I've been going with the baby faces tonight, so let me keep going with the baby faces. I'm going to go with. Hangman Adam Page, but if I'm wrong, I certainly won't be upset. Yeah, hmm. I've been going with the heels. <laughs> yeah, go so, for it, brother. I mean, this this is the good uh, this is the good thing about good wrestling is that it makes you. I mean, I don't think either of us are too strongly on one side or the other. A lot of these. That it's weird because I feel like I should pick Adam Page because maybe he goes after Jericho again for like another feud, and I feel like you should pick. Pac, because maybe if Cody wins, that's who goes after Cody, but I guess we'll just go the opposite. <laughs> I'll take Pac, or Pac. Yeah, what are your expectations for this match? you think they're going to finally put it all together? 
Uh, okay, so I, I've lowered my expectations since originally hearing about it. So I think that they'll actually exceed my own expectations. But if I'm talking on behalf of what I think the average fa- wrestling fan thinks, I think that a lot of them are going to be disappointed and left wanting something. Um, and I'm just not in the same spot as them, and I can't really explain it better than that. Yeah. I understand what you mean there. I mean, I don't know what I expected because when that match was first announced and then they did the storyline of canceling it or whatever, it was probably my most anticipated match in that card in Vegas that I went to. And then it didn't happen. And then it did. And I don't know. On the first TV episode and... Obviously, they held back a little bit, but I don't know. It just left me wanting a lot more, not just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Hey, it could blow us all away, but, you know, it also could not. And I kind of want to prepare people for that because, like I said, I think they're telling a lot of long stories in that Hangman out of age is a work in progress. Um, He's still pretty young. You you think he would be a better babyface in the future or heel? Because I think it might be heel. Page? Yeah. Like he, like maybe in like three years, he's a baby face, but I feel like right I now. I haven't seen him work like much as a heel, maybe. I'll be honest. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's done some good heel work in the past. and I, I think he could yeah. be good in whatever it is he, he does. Because, I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I've watched him maybe for about a year, maybe a little yeah. longer than that. You know, I obviously watched some of his New Japan stuff when he got to do New Japan stuff. Um, but he seems to be consistently improving, not only in the ring but outside of the ring with his character work and his promo work so i think that whatever he does in the future will be positive for many years to come but i don't necessarily have a preference on whether it's heel or babyface i like your, the idea that you that you're bringing up of him turning on cody i i could see that do you think like i i feel like he is because i feel like i might, I might ask this every time we talk about him but does he have the most upside of any, like, AEW guy, you know, that isn't, yes. like, known for... Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And they need to figure it out. Because... Or Darby Allen's the other one. Ooh. I think Janela might be higher, but, yeah, both of them are excellent. Yeah. The, it's, it's you know, I think... And, and you know, we never know what's going to happen with the rest of this roster. They're going to add people. People are going to leave. Uh, you know, things will change over time and we'll be surprised by who comes and we'll be surprised by who goes, I'm sure. So right. I think that uh, for now, Adam a- Adam Page is definitely up there, but Darby Allen is, is one guy too. Let's talk about this last match before we go. It's a pre-show match. B. Priestley versus Britt Baker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I mean, it could be good. Maybe not show stealing, but I think it I could think it'll be, be okay. Who do you got? I, I, I think, think it's kind of smart. I think it's smart that they put it on the pre-show. Yeah. Not that it's not main card worthy, that, but just the, you know. I think it's at the perfect the spot where it's going to – people aren't going to be upset that yeah. they missed it, but people who tune into the pre-show will be impressed, impressed enough to tune in to the main show. You know, I'm just going to keep picking heels. I think – Bree Priestley's gonna win, and she's gonna be the next challenger for Rio. All right. Well, we'll see how all that goes. We are right up at time, so let's make it quick. Dustin, let the people know where they can find you before we head out today. 
Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at dwhitehead96 and make sure to follow MSC Pro Wrestling for more uh, great content from wrestling articles written by David and some other writers, and and you can find more information on this podcast. Yep, like Dustin said, make sure you're following us on Twitter at MSC Pro Wrestling. We like to engage with all of you, ask us questions, let us know what you want to hear us talk about on this podcast. And you can follow me personally at David Rosenberg with two G's, R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G-G. You know, follow me on there. I talk about way more than just wrestling on there, so be warned. Uh, There's heavy politics talk, I guess. (laughs) But uh, other than that, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening.